0: All right, welcome back to the Great Northeast Podcast. Today we're talking about the Eastern Hellbender, the third largest salamander in the world, next to the Japanese and the Chinese giant salamander. The largest salamander in North America, and it's swimming in the Northeast, not lakes, but streams. It's a pretty cool salamander, pretty kind of, kind of hideous, but pretty fascinating. Let's get into it. Alright, so, the Eastern Hellbender has a lot of really cool nicknames. Mud Devil, Devil Dog, Ground Puppy, Snot Otter, which is pretty pretty funny, Lasagna Lizard, and the Allegheny Alligator. It's pretty pretty amazing, it's got such a a colorful uh, reputation, but it's a pretty gross-looking animal. (laughs) It's... It's like, uh, well, it's very well camouflaged, but it has these like skin flaps on it, on, on its sides, and it just looks super wrinkly. Uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating. The, uh, the, uh, they grow about, they can, I guess they can grow up to about 30 inches long, so over two feet, uh, but the average length is a little bit less than that. Uh, And they have their bodies are pretty much all flat, which is pretty cool. So they, because they live underneath rocks and and all that kind of stuff. So where where, where are you gonna find them? You know, you're gonna find them in shallow, fast flowing, rocky streams. And they're generally found uh, in areas with large, flat. Well, I found them in. I found one in my life. Let me rephrase that. I uh, big flat rocks. And that's ten. That tends to be deeper water, big flat rocks, uh, and that will be ten tend to be where you'll find them. Um, and I think the 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 reason for them having these extra folds on their skin is because if if you know a- amphibians, they they have what they do what is called cutaneous respiration, which is a fancy word for saying you breathe through your skin. And so having those extra skin flaps with the water flowing will allow that amphibian to I think they're totally aquatic. I don't I don't think they ever come out of the water. So they're totally aquatic and they So as that the water's moving through that allows them to soak up the the DO in the in the water. DO is dissolved oxygen. Um so what do they eat? Uh, Well, you'll catch him on fishing lines, apparently. I have never had the opportunity to deal with that. Oh, hey, Goobia. Sorry, my dog is looking for attention. All right, sit down. give me a second. All right, sorry, back from the interruption from my dog. He probably will interrupt me again. Uh, So apparently people catch him uh, on, uh, you know, when they're fishing live bait for trout or something in these smaller tributaries to these larger rivers. Um, all right, Goobs, you're breathing right in the can- into the mic here, buddy. <laughs> all right, so he's in bed now, so don't worry about that. So, But they, pre- they feed on crayfish, and their diets uh, they also will eat uh, fish, tadpoles, toads, water snakes, other hellbenders. They'll eat each other, which is pretty amazing. So this is cool. Well, not really. I guess it's kind of tragic. But their historical range was through New York, from southern New York to northern Georgia, all the way west to Ohio, um, and all those kind of states in between, even going to uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Missouri, and even parts of Oklahoma and Kansas, and it's a lot less now, I'll say that for sure, so it's southern New York to northern Georgia still, including parts of Ohio, Pennsylvania, Maryland, West Virginia, Virginia, Kentucky, Illinois. Indiana, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Missouri, and even parts of Oklahoma and Kansas. So it's a little, it's close, but it's just not as wide as it once was. So a couple things I forgot to note there. If you, I, I imagine that you'll see a picture of this after you look at it, but I, I just kind of skipped my mind. But their tail is like a, it's very flat. Like a like a uh, not a propeller that would make sense. It would be like a paddle I guess would be a better thing to say but it doesn't really swell it's just kind of like I guess keeled might be the proper term. Uh, so that's you know pretty cool. It just gives them I mean they, they can shoot through the water super fast uh, and I think the tips of salamander toes are called two tu- tubercles. And turtles will have them on their skin, frogs will have them on their skin and their toes, and salamanders will have them on their skin. And I think the, the tips of their toes are also called tubercles. But they'll have a, the hellbenders have a rough patch on their toes to give traction when the water is moving fast, on, and they, they get traction on slick rocks. Because they generally kind of, if you see them, they don't really swim through the water. They kind of use their tail to like propel. An ambush, uh, a, a, an animal, and then they kind of just walk on the bottom of the of the water, which or the bottom of the stream. Also, they have a uh, toxic slime that wards off predators. Uh, if you've ever, I wonder if it's something similar to a slimy salamander, because when you pick up. A slimy salamander they're this really they get relatively big they'll get like six seven inches long and they're kind of more of a common salamander that you'll find uh, here in the Northeast uh, and when you pick them up they just start oozing this slime and it is so sticky and gross I wonder if it's something like that I'm not sure because I haven't ever got the chance to hold one but one of these days I'll be able to see one in, in, in person and hopefully not at the end of my fishing line. So breeding. The hellbender, they're aquatic, so they breed underwater. Um, males may move short distances within their home range brooding sites. The breeding is uh, variable but occurs mainly in the fall, September, October. A uh, male will prepare the nest by moving Gravel into like a saucer shape bowl thing, and then there's they deposit 200 to 400 eggs. The male fertilizes the eggs and guards the nest until the young are about three weeks old. Pretty cool. Newly hatched aquatic lar- or newly hatched larvae are about an inch to an inch and a half long. And they develop pretty rapid, which is kind of a standard among amphibians, at least salamanders from what I've seen. Uh, hatchlings will double their size in the first year, so we'll go to so 3 inches. Uh, larvae normally lose their external gills in the second summer after hatching. And hellbenders reach sexual maturity at 5 to 6 years old and may live as long as 30 so when I was a kid, I used to, uh, we used to go, anytime we were by water, I would always grab like a bucket or something, and I would walk through the streams and whatnot, and I would like lift up rocks and scoop underneath uh, the rocks to see what I can catch. Mainly, you're catching crayfish, and you're trying to see the biggest crayfish that you can catch, and so on and so forth. And every once in a while, you get an aquatic salamander, larvae with the, you know, that has got the external gills, it looks super cool, and usually those are, those aquatic salamander larvae are dusky salamanders, or northern two-lined, but I remember one day when I was a kid, I went farther downstream than I normally did at a place where we used to go, my family used to go, and I lifted up this rock, and I scooped underneath it, and all of a sudden, there's this, like, and now I'm a kid, so I don't know, I'm probably exaggerating, but it felt like it was, like, you know, two foot long salamander just going nuts in the bucket to the point where I was so shocked that something like this existed. I just dropped the bucket and and, and I never saw the salamander after that because I was just so scared. I was like, what the hell is this thing? This should not be in this little tiny stream. And then growing up, I realized that that was a tributary to the Susquehanna River and that those hellbenders were probably, that was probably a hellbender. It definitely wasn't a mud puppy. I know what mud puppies look like, and they don't get that big. So unfortunately, uh, the hellbender has been on the decline for many years. I think they started noticing it declining in the 50s, the 1950s. And so they've been trying to uh, bring the population back up. They try to... Do controlled breeding in natural habitats, and it doesn't really work that great. Uh, So, you know, it's they're they're trying. They've been working on it for years, and they're still trying to figure out the way to get the population to start increasing and not decreasing. And the biggest threat to these salamanders, if you know anything about amphibians, if you have poor water quality in a body of water the first thing that's gonna die off is gonna be your amphibians, your frogs, your salamanders they're all gonna be the first things that are affected by it so if you have a spot where you know you have tons of salamanders and tons of frogs and it's always very active then you kinda of know that the water quality is is good as far as there's no pollutants in the water uh, or the air that these fish since the fish breathe through their, or sorry not the fish Since the amphibians breed through their skin, they're they're more quickly affected than something like fish would be to uh, pollutants. So um, obviously since they're threatened, they're uh, not uh, uh, able to be collected for the pet trade, which doesn't really matter. anglers tend not to like them, so they'll kill them because they keep catching them, which I think is kind of ridiculous. I'd love to catch one, but I wouldn't want to catch one on a line because I wouldn't want to mess with getting my finger stuck in its mouth. Uh, There's also a disease caused by a fungus that'll kill, and the stocking of predatory fish will also uh, uh, attack, Uh, they'll eat the salamanders, so probably like trying to think of what else would be in cold water streams, uh, trout probably. Uh, cause I know, I think I read they don't like streams that get above 60 high sixties, uh, as far as high 60 degree temperature, whatever you Canadians use in Celsius, you know, figure that out. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm guessing you're dealing with cold water fish. Like you probably have some pike and some muskie, but more commonly, probably trout would be a big, a big predator. At least on the young ones. All right, and that's uh, pretty much. Oh, there is one thing I forgot. The, uh, the eggs. This, the their eggs. They lay them in two strands. Now, if you've ever come across American toads, they breathe kind. Of, they breed kind of in May. And they have, they have, they're pretty cool. And they 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 lay their eggs instead of like a, a clump of eggs like the size of a softball, like a lot of these uh, wood, like the wood frog and the peeper and the Jefferson salamander and the and the uh, and the spotted salamander do. They will they'll lay them in these strands where there's like you know it's like a ribbon, but there's two eggs on each side and the American, so it's kind of similar to, to the American toad. I'll see if I can find a picture of that to put on the Instagram, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, the best thing to do would be, you know, to keep them around. It's just, uh, it's kind of hard because you have all these pollutants that were, that were, I mean, over here in the Northeast, we have a lot of, a lot of problems with, with, uh, heavy metals that were evaporated and then they came over here and are in our waters and a lot of places like you don't you don't really want to eat the fish because of the biological magnification uh and all the mercury and you know, all those different things that are in the in, in the water um, so the best thing would be we I mean there's a lot of good people out there cleaning up our waterways and uh you know making sure that we're getting up in our in our in our good levels and and all that kind of good stuff and um so you know just next time you're at the stream don't leave your trash and this that and the other thing but yeah if you ever get a chance to see them uh do it they're really awesome amphibian and i'm looking forward to the day that i come across one again all right thank you for listening this is The Great Northeast Podcast. I don't know why I'm doing this right now. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening. Alright, I'll see you in the next episode.